Hi there. Welcome to the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we are working in partnership with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus. I'm Jeannie Krieger. And I'm Elaine Abercrombie. <laughs> Let's go around. And Steve, introduce yourself, Steve please. <laughs> That's Steve Dennis and Elaine Abercrombie. Steve is with Motivation Unlimited. Elaine is with Greens Jewelers. Uh, how is everybody doing today? First and foremost, thank you for joining us. Well, Well, let's talk business. The purpose of Rome Business Radio here is to talk about the small business community and specifically this show, uh, working in conjunction here with the Rome Floyd Chamber is to talk about, uh, you know, spotlighting uh, businesses and small businesses in our area. So um, first and foremost, if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about what you do, Steve, at Motivation Unlimited, you are a life coach, speaker, corporate motivator. Am I saying all that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Speaker, trainer, and life coach. Yes. And you got that great voice for it. How did that, <laughs> which came first, the, the job or the voice? <laughs> uh, I think the job came first and the voice kind of developed over time. <laughs> Good view. And Elaine, uh, talk about a fixture on Broad Street, Green's Jewelers. My goodness. Uh, been there since just after World War II, correct? We um, opened the doors in 1948. Wow. My goodness. And, uh, I've said this many times and nobody has corrected me. So I think it's true. Um, As far as I know, we are the oldest continually operating business on Broad Street. There are older, but they have either closed or or changed um, or, you know, closed for a while and reopened. But as far as I know, we're the oldest. Well, so so over a century, you know, lots of businesses have come and gone. But basically Mm -hmm. the last three quarters of a century. Uh, you guys have been a standard on Broad Street. Everybody, you go down Broad Street once, it's just been there. Um, I mean, I, I can't even fathom that, you know. Um, so good for you and the, your family and all of that. That's just in, impressive. Um, Jeannie, tell us a little bit about from your perspective, you know, the, these two guests today, what do they bring to the table from the Chamber's perspective? Why did you invite them on as our as our guest today? Sure. Well, they're great at what they do. Um, their expertise is invaluable to us. Um, They represent the chamber so well, but both are leaders. Um, And, you know, Steve has really helped us um, speaking to our leadership room classes and speaking to different groups about leadership development and what that looks like, um, team building. And that is so invaluable to us and everything we do. Elaine um, has been at my side for a while, thankfully. She um, served as chairman of the chamber last year. And um, it was a real critical time for the chamber as a lot of change was happening. And so um, just appreciate her and her leadership. So, and, and, you know, from their businesses, it's so interesting to me um, how they speak so well of our community because um, Elaine is, has that servant's heart where she is involved in so many different organizations that really help the community thrive. And Steve is such a leader in our community and is um, looked up to and valued and um, kind of helping forge the way for um, people to build leadership and build those relationships that are important. Yeah, people do forget how you, you talk about business, but the personal relationships, the connectivity there is obviously critical. Uh, Steve, could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, what it is you're trying to do when you go speak to corporate groups about leadership, things like that? Yes, absolutely. The part that I really love, and I often, oftentimes I would share with my audience how how valuable it is 
to recognize that leadership leadership development doesn't just begin on their jobs or in their uh, organizations, but also place a very strong emphasis on developing the leader within you, within your home as well. And so I'm constantly talking about the importance of recognizing how you want to grow and develop yourself, not just professionally, but also personally as well. And so one of the things that kind of separates what I do compared to other, other speakers and trainers, I will really bring in an application piece on how important it is to develop yourself and to be a leader uh, at home. And then again, not necessarily with a position or a title, but how can you be more effective and grow your leadership abilities within your home as well? And so those two together really makes a, a huge impact and it helps the, uh, the individual to be more balanced in their approach to leadership as well. I feel like I'm going to be a better person after this uh, after this podcast, just listening to Steve talk. <laughs> That's right. Will be for sure. uh, and I know we'll, we'll circle around to the pandemic about everybody and how it's affected your business. Uh, Elaine over at Greens Jewelers, um, you've been in business a long time, obviously, but how has the pandemic affected, um, obviously, life on Broad Street, life everywhere has been affected. How has that affected your sales, et cetera? Well, that's funny you say that because I live downtown as well. Uh-huh. So, um, um, how uh, so you had a heck of a commute and I helped during, during it personally was that we, we, um, had dinner just about every night from a downtown restaurant. So I've put on the COVID-19, <laughs> but anyway, um, actually, um, we have fared well. Um, we were able to, um, to go on unemployment. And so, um, we were able to be paid during that time. And then um, because of the PPP and the EIDG and the EIDL, um, we've been very, very fortunate, but our, but the most important thing is that our customers have returned. And, um, and um, of course the summers are slowest time of the year anyway, but we're actually keeping up with, with past sales. So um, I think that um, our reputation um, has helped that. Um, that people trust us and, and this is where they want to come and buy their jewelry. So we are very, very fortunate. And now the foot traffic is coming back as slowly as yeah. we kind of come mm-hmm. out of the, the, mm-hmm. the backside of this. You mentioned mm-hmm. that summer is typically your slowest time. Just, uh, uh, this is not a pandemic question. Just w- what are the ebbs and flows of, of diamond sales and jewelry sales? Why would summer be a slow time? Well, because everybody's gone on vacation ah. and and it might be different this year because um, um, school's been out for a long time. But um, since they shortened the the summer for the um, school students, um, you know, in the past years, that it's, it's typically they're only out for eight weeks. So a lot of people have to cram all their vacation time in that eight weeks. So there's just not as many people in Rome at well, that time. I, I, but, um, I was thinking if maybe all the weddings are in the summer, that means the rings have, the rings have been bought three to six months prior. Is that a fair exactly. statement? Yes. Or a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're waiting, yeah, waiting um, to see if the um, wedding takes. We've had, um, we sold an engagement ring, um, Monday. So, um, we, we, our bridal, um, our bridal sales are just, are continuing. So that's, that's, um, what keeps us going. 
Well, good. And just for our listeners out there, I, I usually say this off the top of the show. We're we're communicating via social distance here on on Zoom, so you're hearing different types of audio based on whatever device we're using. Um, we hope to be back in our studio at the Rome News Tribune soon and um, and see people face to face. So, uh, but but uh, thanks for understanding the audio. In fact, uh, Elaine had said she's actually sitting in her store, and if a customer walks in, she may have to step away to sell a ring. So, God bless you if a customer walks in. Uh, go ahead. In fact, we love for you to invite them on the air and uh, we'll talk to them about what they're interested in. Uh, um, Steve, have you had to adjust your message at all uh, about through the pandemic? Um, I mean, how has your work affected? It's actually two questions. Are you, have your corporate gigs gone away because of social distancing or are you still able to work via zoom? And if so, have you had to change your message because of the unique world circumstances? Yes, absolutely. So to, uh, to answer both of those questions, I had to change my message as well as my method as well. Um, a lot of the companies that hired me at the first of the year had to, we had to postpone those events due to COVID-19. Um, and the message that I had to kind of switch over to was mainly a message of hope. So what I had to basically add value to some, some of my past clients and some of the ones who had to postpone our events is I started sending videos of myself teaching for about two or three minutes every day to encourage those leaders to come alongside of them, to be that voice of reason, that voice of hope and that voice of encouragement to encourage them through this tough time. And so that was my way of adding back and just adding tremendous value. I have two different curriculums that John Maxwell, um, I'm a certified member of his team as well. And he basically gave us access to share these two messages. Number one, one, the first one was leading through a crisis. And the second one was how to turn adversity into an advantage. And so those two, we took, we pretty much for the, you know, the last two months, April, March and April took on that servant's role of just adding value, not charging a thing, just helping companies to navigate through this tough time. And so that message of hope was one of the biggest changes I had to make. And so one of those companies brought me back on last Thursday to do a seven, a six hour training with their, with their people. We had to, you know, practice the social distancing and we all had to wear masks and it was held at Chattahoochee Tech in Atworth, Georgia to have more space. But my whole point, they brought me back in because of the fact that it was some of the transitions that are going on. Their people needed to have a voice to come alongside it on top of that to help those leaders to navigate the changes of the furloughs and some of the other transitions that their companies are going through. You mentioned that you had uh, done some videos. Is that, is that proprietary stuff that you just use, or is it, any of it available online? Um, yeah, it's on. I have it available on YouTube, thanks to my 31 year old daughter who, um, <laughs> you know, comes alongside of me and helps the old man out. So yes, we have them on, on YouTube. And on top of that, I, you know, I basically change a lot of things that I do. I mean, for example, I finally have a a podcast channel as well. And uh, because I was, you know, a lot of people were demanding, asking that I have one. And so I had to, you know, go into that market as well. So just finding ways, again, to stay true to our, our values, which is very simply that leaders mo- add value to others so that others can multiply values to them. Well, and nothing else, if anything else, you know, you could do read books on tape. I'd listen to you all day long. I love that voice. Uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> That's an idea. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be about motivation or life coaching. Um, Jeannie, what is your, uh, just stepping back here, big picture, Rome, Floyd Chamber, we're kind of coming back to life. We're seeing, seeing step by step, week by week, a little bit more commerce going on, things like that. We are. I think people are, um, 
gaining their confidence and going back into the marketplace. And so we're excited to see that. I think all of our businesses are doing the best they can to make everything as safe as possible and, you know, really guarding um, against, you know, any um, spread of the coronavirus as much as possible. So um, we are seeing a lot of activity downtown and um, that's always heartening and, and with all of our businesses. So I think everybody's kind of taking the right approach um, with some employees that have been furloughed. We're seeing them um, come back to work. It, it is slow in some cases, for example, um, some of our manufacturers where they maybe had run two shifts, they're running one to begin with and bringing people back in a slow manner, or, you know, maybe they work a week, fill the orders, and then they're um, furloughed for another week, but then following work a week, just to, until those orders start coming back um, as anticipated. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't, it's not like we're all the way back yet, but I think um, we are seeing movement and encouraged by that. And I just, I have to give a shout out to the businesses, you know, where they, they were the hardest hit by um, the coronavirus. And now they're having to, you know, take on an extra expense of buying the PPE to make mm. everyone feel secure. And so, you know, it's, it's been a challenging time and that they've just come through it you know, so well with um, developing plans and putting uh, protocols into place to make consumers feel confident. And so um, I, I think the Rome Floyd community has done a great job. And I, I will add, you know, both Elaine and Steve um, have so many people in the Rome and Floyd County area who are sharing their messages or sharing their information. You know, it is that loyal following and, um, that's what's going to get us through this is that, you know, we say shop Rome, shop Floyd, but we mean let's support our businesses. Let's support our people. And so um, that, that message continues. Elaine, if you could, if you could follow up on that a little bit, how has your business model, how is it going to, how has it changed or how might it have to change moving forward here with how you engage customers, things like that? Well, Green's Jewelers has been through a lot through the ages. Um, <laughs> we survived the opening of Riverbend Mall. So um, in 1974, which, when, is, um, which has come and gone, ghost, downtown was a ghost town. And um, my grandparents decided to stay in downtown Rome because they believed in it that much. And um, also we have su su survived the, the streetscape, the um, uh, all of the um, barriers that that caused, you know, during the construction, the replacing of the sidewalks. So we've always been a little. Um, creative in how we serve our customers anyway. So, and, and our customers realize that. So they know that we will deliver to them or, or, or um, meet them curbside, whatever they need. And we've always done that. We've even um, parked people's cars for them when, um, when there's not enough parking, you know, just ride it around the block while they pick up. I mean, of course the, this is definitely the pandemic is definitely a um, something that we have not encountered, but we have been through some really lean times when um, there wasn't a lot of people downtown. So, and um, we're survivors. Well, I was going to say over that, over that length of time, it's not just uh, world events. It's, it's economic highs and lows. It's recessions <laughs> right. and mm -hmm. depression. Mm -hmm. If you could please just give us a, a little bit of a family history of it. We, you, we mentioned that it was started right after world okay. war two, but just, Grant, you know, family thing the whole time. 
Yes, yes. Um, my great grandfather started the business in 1905 in Fairmount, and he had four sons and and daughters. But all of the sons apprenticed under him and opened their own store throughout the southeast. I had an uncle, a great uncle in um, Knoxville, a great uncle in Louisville, a great uncle in um, Columbus, and then my grandparents chose Rome. Um, my granddad wanted to move to LJ and open his store, and they and my grandmother wanted to come to Rome, and they flipped a coin. So. Um, <laughs> This on the on the toss of a coin. Um, my granddad's baby brother is still living, and he is ninety six, and he lives in Gatlinburg, and he still does jewelry. And so I come from a long, a long bloodline um, of jewelers. But anyway, um, my granddad, my grandparents had all girls, and all their girls had all girls. So we are now a completely female-owned organization. Well, just by the DNA genetic lottery of what, yeah. <laughs> uh, are any of the other greens still in business from where your great grandfather's siblings scattered around the Southeast? No, we're the only ones. Good the for you. Uh, well, Steve, I, I, you know, when did, when did your business start, Steve? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the day he was born. The day I was born. <laughs> uh, 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 technically you started when it was about 10 years ago. Uh, 2009. Absolutely. Yes. And what, uh-huh. what was your background prior to that? I was a juvenile probation officer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, Steve still works with the court system yes, right true. here in Rome. Yes, Lee Patterson and I got started about the same time, and we became real good friends. And so, uh, about five years ago, she called me up and asked, "Would I be willing to facilitate an anger management program so that when people can, um, you know, they have some issues in that area, they can go through this program and in 15 weeks, if they complete it, all the charges are dropped." And so. Um, she and I have been real good friends for many, many years. And um, uh, so, yeah, that was my background before doing what I do now. Well, that sounds incredibly rewarding and and helpful to society. So um, good for you. What prompted you to, to start Motivation Unlimited? How did that come about? Okay, so my father was 61 years old when I was born. Okay, so when I was born, I was Uncle Steve. I had siblings that were old enough to be my parents and uh, they had kids as well. And so their kids were much older than I was. Well, my oldest sister was only, there was only 11 year difference between my oldest sister and my mom. And so she was almost like a second mom. My mom passed in 95 and this sister was tragically killed in a car wreck in 2009. She was 71 years old and I did her eulogy one of the toughest eulogies I have ever done in my life. And uh, my best friend, uh, his name is Marvin Williams. He's the, um, at that time, he was the superintendent for Polk County Schools. And he was there and he called me the next week and he said, Steve, he's about 10 years older than me. He said, Steve, that has got to be the most motivating, uplifting funeral I've ever attended in my whole life. And that kind of created a thought in my mind as to asking myself, what else can I, can I do with my life? In other words, I said, if I can motivate and inspire people at a funeral, could I possibly do that outside of a funeral setting? And so after that, I hooked up with a mentor and he trained me in some areas on speaking and, 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 and um, the selling of products and so forth and so on. And after that, I went further and got uh, trained by Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And after that, I went on to be certified with the John Maxwell team. So that was my beginning. I, it basically started from getting a compliment of speaking at a funeral. 
Well, what a great story. Um, yeah. uh, the, the First of all, I want to address your father was 61 years old when you were born. That's before the blue pill. <laughs> I was going to say, God bless him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Jeannie, that's an interesting thing. Our, our two guests, one was born into a family business that she has maintained, but Steve changed course. Um, in your position there at the Rome Floyd Chamber, you know, are, is that is that is everybody's story that different? You know, it is. is. <laughs> it is, and we're seeing, you know, um, the career I've been in. I started out in chamber work at the Metro Atlanta Chamber in 1987, but we're seeing with millennials that they may change course. They may have four different careers, you know, where it's not just changing jobs, it's literally changing careers. And so um, speaking to that, you know, it's, it's great to bring everybody together because, you know, like is often said, everybody has a story and it's important. It's important that that's heard because it validates everyone's decisions. Right. And we don't always know coming out of college, we kind of take the job that's right in front of us and then we figure out, okay, what do we really want to do? And so I think that's where through our young professionals program, we can really help and navigate, you know, um, millennials into the jobs that are available, you know, right here in the community. And there are some great companies. So we try to always push that message forward also about what's available here yeah it's interesting my career changed too i was going to be a pro football player an astronaut and the king of rock and roll but i I just ended up here (laughs) so i guess we all make choices right uh steve she touched on millennials do you have to change your message based on or or is the message universal about leadership or does it change based on the demographic you're speaking to yeah, it, it changes to a certain degree. One, I love, love, love sharing with millennials. I actually have a curriculum called Developing the, the Millennial Leader Within You. And the approach that I take when I'm sharing that with that particular age group is that I let them know that my desire is to come alongside of them and to share with them lessons, lessons I've learned from mistakes that I made when I was their age. Mm-hmm. And it gives me instant credibility at the same time, an instant connection with that age bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they recognize that I, that I come with no judgment. I'm not going to make any comments about, yeah, these millennials nowadays, okay? Because I let them know that I used to be in their shoes. We didn't call, we, you know, I wasn't called a millennial, but at the same time, I know what it's like to be a leader at 20 years old at the, at the youth detention center. I became a supervisor at 21 years old, and I was supervising people that were older than be my parents. And so, right, and, I, over, that, and overseeing people not not that much younger than you that have gotten themselves in a bad situation, right? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And so that that part of the message uh, continues to be consistent. And that, those are some pieces of it that doesn't change. For an example, I use the acronym the word the word real. And I use the R for relationships, the E for equipping, encouraging leaders of how important it is to equip to equip others. The A stands for attitude and the L stands for leadership. So I use that acronym as a way of sharing those those principles, those time tested principles with re- regards to what the age bracket is. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so I, I'm fascinated by the fact by these two completely different business models. Has has selling jewelry changed, Elaine, over seventy years plus years, or is it still? Um, it has recently, really recently, because of the um, prominence of of um, lab created diamonds. And it's funny, um, millennials kind of lean towards lab created diamonds because they think um, that it's less 
harmful to the earth when actually it's more harmful because of the factories and, and all that it takes to do it. And um, so that's been real interesting. Um, we um, are trying to, I don't, it's just a, it's just a, an industry an enigma because you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't, but we don't know how that they're going to hold their value. You know what I mean? It's and one, the way one of our salesmen um, that was talking to us about it, he said it's like um, you can get ice from a glacier or you can get ice from a refrigerator, but it's still ice. And that's the way with the diamond. A lab created diamond has all the same qualities as a um, as a God created diamond. But um, anyway, so that's something that that some muddy waters that we're in right now. Um, thankfully, it hasn't been a huge issue yet, but we expect that that we might get more um inquiries about that so that's something oh so but um well that's interesting i had not ever 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 considered that i had heard of that yeah. but um mm-hmm. the fact that that's prominent in your line of work but on the on the face-to-face level mm-hmm. still the same thing they walk in off mm-hmm. the street and and mm-hmm. basically with your brand at greens i mean everybody knows you already right so this is a this is a oh, this is a generational <laughs> this is a generational word of mouth Right. Yeah. Cause I'm fourth generation. My, like I said, my grandparents and I forgot to say that my, my mom and, and her um, sister ran the store for years. And then now it's down to me. And I started working when I was 12 here. So um, off and on, but um, anyway, our social media is helping us tremendously. And um, we have customers literally from all over the country that um, have contacted us about different things that they've seen on our website or on our social media page. And we've actually I've done a sale um, to Phoenix, Arizona, to um, several to Savannah and several in South Florida. So, um, you know, and then of course um, to our customers that have moved away, you know, that um, we can keep up with them and they still trust us, you know, with their jewelry. So I think that's a, a good testament that, um, you know, um, that people do trust us no matter where they are. Yeah. That type of brand loyalty is, is Mm -hmm. impressive. Um, she, she mentioned, you mentioned social media, Jeannie, I guess that's just a, that's just a way of business today, right? Everybody has to be in social media and websites and all that, right? It is. So many are getting information and we really saw it, um, come to fruition during COVID, during the worst days, because people were able to post their opening hours, you know, what their plans were in real time. So no one had to, you know, necessarily go to a website to look it up. And, you know, we are advocates of, of websites and want everybody, we want to promote everyone's website as well. But it is nice to be able to um, get the word out. Hey, we're going to be open today. Or hey, we're a restaurant and we're offering this menu today if you want to come by it. We saw just that the social media aspect worked really well during the the COVID uh, shelter in place days. All right, Steve, are you finding that too, Steve? Do you use it more? Do you encourage businesses to use it more? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, absolutely. And even with uh, my use of it as well, it has had to increase by at least 45% because I was typically somewhat not, you know, a little more reserved on using social media. But again, I have a young team around me and they are just, they have full permission to say, okay, let's get moving here, you know? And so going on social media, posting videos, doing Facebook lives, 
has been a thing I'm, I'm doing a lot. In fact, I have a, a Facebook Live every Thursday that I do that has that's adding a lot of value to people as well. So just increasing that aspect of it. And in other words, getting that exposure out there more, especially when you recognize that your desire is to add value to people and at the same time to support people, that your, your, your service is to help them and not to hurt them. Absolutely. How, what other, do you do any other types of marketing or is it just word of mouth or do you buy advertising? What do you do? Yeah, right now, currently, my business model on marketing is I offer a 45-minute free lunch and learn, okay? And that's my primary way of getting into um, companies. And I do that now, of course, of course, through Zoom. But that's my way of letting an organization know the, the type of service and the, um, the quality of it that we can offer. And then I, I, I let them know, you, you know, I'm going to give your people a one-question survey if they find that this particular um, teaching or service has been of, of importance or valuable, uh, we can take a deeper conversation and, and come up with something more formal. So that has been one way here lately, however, since I've been doing it so long, a lot of mine now is coming through a lot of word of mouth as well. A lot of other companies are sharing, you know, letting other people know if you need a trainer or a speaker, so forth and so on. And this is the guy to call. And what about you, Elaine? Uh, you mentioned social media and website. Um, do you still do tra- traditional forms of marketing? What What else do you do to get the word out? Or are you just so entrenched now that everybody knows who you are? <laughs> well, you can't ever take that for granted, though. Right. Um, yes, we're well known, but there's um, still new people moving into town all the time. So um, we do use do social media a lot. We advertise in the um, Chamber magazine. And right now, that's the only... Um, advertising that we're doing outside of our social media right now well and this this podcast is a form of marketing because you know we work in partnership with the realm news and it gets we put it out on their platforms and things like that so that's great so um uh, i wanted to mention one thing um i think one thing that keeps us um relevant is that we do a lot of our own design work um tammy kelly works she's worked here actually full-time longer than i have and um, she is an amazing designer and she does beautiful things. So there's always something new that and that you're not going to see anywhere else and uh, a one, one of a kind pieces. So I think that is another thing that keeps us relevant. Well, that's, that's a great thing about small towns and small businesses mm-hmm. is that personal touch. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, Roger. And, you know, Steve and Elaine both are just such caring individuals. And I have a good friend who um, her husband passed away and I had no idea that Elaine had any part of this, but uh, she had this beautiful necklace on and it was her husband's wedding ring wrapped around her engagement ring. And it was, it's a beautiful pendant and, you know, tears just filled her eyes because Elaine had walked through that experience with her. And so you know, that's, that's who she is. And Steve, on the other hand, has helped businesses and people through these challenging times. And, you know, it's just, it's um, with COVID and, you know, there's been such fear about business and um, just kind of where we're headed, you know, with the economy coming back. And so, um, you know, they're walking through this with real people and just kind of holding their hand through the process and I think it just speaks so well of who they are and of their businesses. And um, it speaks well of our community also. Well, let, let's just get some final thoughts here as we, we kind of wrap around. Uh, Steve, uh, first and foremost, just your contact information. How can people get a hold of you, website, social media, phone number, whatever? 
Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So on Facebook, of course, there's Steve Dennis. Um, and my website is Steve Dennis on leadership.com. Steve Dennis on leadership.com. And my brand new podcast address is Steve Dennis one dot pot com. Very, very excited about that one as well. <laughs> well you, you got a voice for it. I, I, I think I joked before we got on the air that I've got a face for radio. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Moine, you got, you got the voice, uh, Elaine, uh, I mean, obviously people can drive down to broad street, but, but, uh, website information, contact information for you guys at greens. Our website is greensjewelers.com. And you have to remember we have an E on the end of green that, that's with the English greens and, um, our, um, all of our social media is greens jewelers. Okay. Uh, Jeannie, any, any, uh, last minute thoughts from you about the, anything going on with the chamber you want to get out there this week? Um, I know that ribbon tying thing has been going well. Yeah. We're trying to really get around to businesses as they've reopened maybe after uh, being closed for a while and just supporting them. You know, when a business opens for the first time, we do a ribbon cutting and now we're doing a ribbon tying, um, tying our community back together. And we just want to promote everyone. So, um, they can contact me at the chamber or um, go to our website, rumga.com. We still are posting on our triage page. We were happy and encouraged that um, it, legislation was passed to broaden um, the timeline for the PPP forgiveness loans. And so we put those updates on there and um, there's good information about, we've posted the application also for the forgiveness of the loans on um, that documentation. And so they can go to our website and then to our business triage page to capture all that information. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, well, you know, of course the Rome Floyd chamber sits there at the crossroads doing everything they can to help and assist, you know, businesses, fight their way through this. And we seem to be, have, have, uh, hopefully the, the bad is behind us and, um, coming out on the other side, I hope. Um, well, that'll wrap it up. So that's Steve Dennis of motivation unlimited. Thank you for joining us. Elaine Abercrombie, the owner at greens jewelers. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Roger Manus. I'm Jeannie Krieger with the Rome Floyd chamber. And you have been listening to the Rome Floyd chamber, small business spotlight. Coming to you from the Hardy Realty Studios, working in partnership with the Rome News Tribune. Thanks for listening.